It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. It is Mock Draft Monday, and that is where I want to jump off today because a really interesting mock put out by friend of the show, Trevor Sikama, over at the Draft Network. And it, I, I think, presents us with a good opportunity to speak specifically about something that I think is really important as we head toward the draft because it is an idea that I don't think is discussed enough when we look at draft classes and the potential for a player to help a given team because players are often viewed as the guy that they are as rookies. Fans have this perspective of what they can be as rookies only, and if they can't do XYZ as rookies, it's seen as a bad pick. This is through the lens of Trevor's selection for the Packers in the first round, and that he doesn't take a receiver until the third round. So this is an interesting platform and jumping off point for us to discuss this in further depth. We're going to get into the actual picks a little bit later because they're interesting. But the the architecture of the draft, of this idea, is something that I want us to explore a little bit more. Far too often... What we are worried about when we're talking about a draft class is what the impact of those players are as rookies. And here is the problem with that perspective. Most rookies are bad, okay? 60-plus percent of rookies are bad. Only 40% of rookies over the last half decade have even earned second contracts with their team, and we're talking about first-round picks, First-round picks, less than half of first-round picks even stay with their team. And of those players, an even smaller percentage are actually useful players as rookies. So if we're only going to take the value of a player as a rookie, then we are not only closing down the pool of potential useful players, 
but boxing in the kinds of players that are wise to pick. Because if you're only looking at rookie production, that means you can only draft certain kinds of players. Nearly all rookie quarterbacks, bad. Nearly all rookie cornerbacks, bad. Nearly all rookie offensive linemen, especially a tackle, bad. Okay. In terms of premium positions, the only players who are left are receivers and pass rushers. And that really narrows the gap if you're a team that that has needs or if you're a team that needs something that is in that list of players who are bad as rookie. If you're a team that needs a quarterback and the only thing you're worried about is how they're going to be in year one, you can basically never draft a quarterback. Lamar Jackson was the MVP of the league, a unanimous MVP of the league. As a rookie, especially as a passer, he was not particularly good. He was exciting as a runner, limited as a passer, and had all sorts of issues. Patrick Mahomes didn't play as a rookie. Mitch Trubisky was a dumpster fire as a rookie, and in year two was actually good. Well, okay, let's step back. His numbers were good. He was not good. And in year three, he was who we knew he really was, and that is not a very good player. The point here, though, is too many fans are looking at this upcoming draft and saying, oh, well, the Packers window is closing, and so if they don't draft a receiver, they're dumb. Or if they don't draft a linebacker in the first round, they're dumb. Or if they don't draft a defensive lineman in the first, they're stupid because of XYZ reasons. And that is simply too narrow a view of what a rookie pick can do. And and this is also a way to look at the Rashawn Gary selection. The Packers took Rashawn Gary at 12 after going out and spending significant money in free agency. And a lot of Packer fans are not pleased with that selection. And one of the reasons they're not pleased is they think a rookie should play more than, you know, 20% of snaps. And I understand that. Except in year two, Kyler Fackrell is probably going to walk out the door. Rashawn Gary is going to play 40% of snaps, maybe more. And if there's an injury, he would have to start. And you can never have too many pass rushers. Being able to rotate guys in, if they feel comfortable with Rashawn Gary playing 40% of snaps, maybe they feel comfortable resting Zadarius Smith a little bit more. Maybe he can be more rested for the playoff run in January. Same with Preston Smith. His value in year two, Rashawn Gary, and in year three and year four, all factor into the wisdom of his selection as a top 15 pick. It can't just be what did they bring as rookies. The value of a rookie is on the life of his rookie contract. That is where a rookie deal can really make or break his effectiveness. If they're not useful until their second contract, really that's a problem because then you're paying for production. A great rookie who can give you production in year one, year two, year three, even in year two, year three, because they're on a rookie salary, they're giving you value. We talked about this last year with drafting an offensive lineman early. If Brian Bulaga walks or Brian Bulaga gets hurt, and in year one, that rookie only plays four games, but in year two, plays 16, that guy is very valuable. So Packer fans right now have this perspective. Well, if they don't draft a receiver, it's, it's, it's a failure. 
because they need that receiver to be good year one. And yes, rookie receivers can be good year one. Doesn't have to be a first-round pick. Debo Samuel, not a first-round pick. DK Metcalf, not a first-round pick. Deontay Johnson with the Steelers, not a first-round pick. How many of the rookies last year? A.J. Brown, not a first-round pick. How many really good players last year at receiver were not first-round picks? You don't have to be a first-round pick to be a useful rookie. So this is something that I think is too often missed. Now, more to the point, it is not just that a a receiver does not have to be a first-round pick. The Packers can go into this draft with a number of options, right? Because they don't have long-term players at a couple different positions. Number one, right tackle, okay? They don't have a starter at right tackle long-term. Now, even if they re-sign Brian Bulaga, it's going to be on a a two-year deal maybe, maybe three years. So, okay, if you get him on a two-year deal, that's really a three-year deal, or a three-year deal, that's really a two-year deal if we're being uh, practical about it, then maybe an offensive lineman makes sense. Maybe it makes a little less sense if you think, for example, if you're Brian Gutekunst, and you go in thinking that Bulaga cannot play those three years or or those two years, if you think, oh, it's really a one-year deal, if that's the perspective, or if they sign him to a one-year deal or a two-year deal, that's a one-year deal. There's so many machinations in there. Then an offensive tackle could make a lot of sense early because he's going to start. And a good right tackle, this is all this all has to be viewed through the lens of if they pick a player at the same position of similar quality. So the, the example I always use is Madden. Okay, so a receiver at 85 versus an offensive lineman at 85. The impact, about the same really. But if you're talking about an interior defensive lineman at an 85 and a receiver at an 85, there's a big difference. It's much more valuable to have the receiver. But it it is not just the calculation that exists in year one. So the Packers, if they draft a receiver, we're talking about a wide receiver two at best versus a player who might start at offensive tackle in 2020. Or if they re-sign Brian Bulaga on a short-term deal, 2021. He may have to play four, five, six games in 2020. An Elton Jenkins situation. If we had gone into the offseason... Knowing Billy Turner was signed and he'd be a reliable player who played 16 games, you wouldn't draft Elton Jenkins in the second round. But then Lane Taylor gets hurt, Jenkins comes in, and plays at a Pro Bowl level. Gives Green Bay great snaps. Offensive linemen are important. They're hard to find. The fact that he had to play as a rookie is not necessary. But the fact that he did play as a rookie does add to his value, of course. But had he played in year two, if Lane Taylor had played and been healthy all year and been, you know, a B player, the Packers cut him for salary cap, and then Elton Jenkins comes out and is a starter from day one in 2020, that player is valuable. Starters are valuable. This is why the the best player available discussion always goes off the rail. Opportunity is critical in these conversations, and the Packers understand that. And I just I'm not sure fans always understand that when they look at these conversations because they're far too concerned with okay what is this player in year one when Devontae Adams wasn't a great player until year three Aaron Rodgers was not a great player right away didn't even play as a rookie how many David Bakhtiari 
Not a great player as a rookie. Jair Alexander, very up and down rookie season. Flashed some potential. But he played a critical position, and no one was mad when the Packers drafted Jair Alexander, despite the fact that he was not a great player as a rookie. Did not make their defense a good defense. The defense was bad all year. Is it a bad pick because they got a really good player, but he didn't impact their defense because he was a rookie and rookies struggle? Rookies are inconsistent? No, of course not. It's the same thing. So if they draft a premium position player where he might play in year two and year three, like Rashawn Gary, or like an offensive tackle, or even a cornerback, let's say, you can never have too many of those guys. And to get value at that position makes sense. And if you feel like you're still performing more like a rookie than a veteran in the bedroom, BlueChew.com can help. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, so they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. When you use our promo code Locked On, just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store hey listen up FanDuel fantasy players your day is about to get 20 percent better this is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big-time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, so why did I go through that whole rant in the A block? 
<laughs> Why did we talk so much about a, a, drafting a player who may not be good in year one? Well, number one, because I tweeted last week a video or over the weekend of Rashawn Gary and the offseason work that he did. And I got a lot of vitriol from Bucks fans. Oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. He didn't do anything as a rookie. What a stupid pick. What a waste. No. No. Because at a premium position, number one, you can never have too many players. And number two, the Packers didn't know when they signed the contracts with Preston and Zadarius Smith, they'd be this good. They didn't know they would stay this healthy. When it comes to pass rushers, you can never have too many. And so when you see someone like Trevor Sikama at the Draft Network for his, his mock draft over the weekend... For the Packers at 30, he has Josh Jones, the offensive tackle from Houston. And Josh Jones is not the same Josh Jones that the Packers cut. Not the safety from North Carolina State. An offensive tackle who has big-time athletic potential and is ideally suited for the zone run offense. If he is the future at right tackle, Number one, this this pick could have been made because the Packers let Brian Bulaga walk and sign someone like Corey Littleton, and so all of a sudden they need a right tackle of the future. But even if they sign Brian Bulaga, you may only get one year or two years out of him, and you're probably going to need someone who can play behind him. David Bakhtiari had some injury issues last year. Maybe you need a swing tackle especially at this point in Aaron Rodgers' career, to come in and be able to give you those spot starts. He is someone who, at his peak, Josh Jones, could be a very, very good player. Ideally suited, as I said, to the zone run offense, can can develop as a pass protector, and could be a very useful player, if not in year one, in year two, and year three. And this is, again, where the idea of not worrying about what they are as a rookie is important. If he is not having to be on the field as a rookie, that is a good thing. And even if you draft a receiver there, let's say, I've made the case many times that I think a receiver could come in and and give you reps, give you snaps, and impact the game right away. But are they going to be receiver two right away? Maybe, but maybe not. And you have a bevy of young, talented players. So maybe you don't feel the need to press. Josh Jones is a player who is getting top 10, top 15 buzz. If he falls to 30, and let's say you have him as, you know, the 12th best player in the draft, and the the receiver that is on the board there is, you know, you have him as the 27th best player in the draft. And then Kenneth Murray, who goes 31, and I know that that is something that is going to add some consternation to this, that the Packers take Josh Jones at the cost of not taking Kenneth Murray, who is a player I love, by the way. Kenneth Murray, who could come in right away and start for the Packers at linebacker. But is it more valuable to have a player who starts at tackle in year two than a player who starts at linebacker in year one? That is an interesting question, and I don't don't necessarily have the answer to it, but it is something that the positional value conversation, it's a reminder of how important that is. Because offensive tackle, especially in in the waning years of the Aaron Rodgers prime or post-prime or whatever you want to call the, the current state of his career, you need to protect him. And even when he had good protection this last season, 
there were times when he was struggling to find open guys, struggling to get the ball to the right guys, and you need to do everything you can to make sure that he is protected deep into his late 30s. Drew Brees has benefited from really good pass protection. Tom Brady, the last few years, has had really good pass protection, and one of the reasons why his play dropped so much this past season was because the offensive line was not the same. Now they're losing their offensive line coach, their really Hall of Fame caliber offensive line coach. And so you you can expect the, the quality of the play there to decrease. You need that. If you want to maximize what is happening with your aging quarterback, you need a player like Josh Jones. You need to hit on a young offensive tackle. The Packers could do that at 30. And then the interesting part it continues in round two when Trevor has the Packers taking Washington tight end Hunter Bryant. His explanation is Jimmy Graham is old. That's true. The Packers could be cutting Jimmy Graham. That could happen anytime. Andy Herman on Twitter from, from Cheesehead TV and, and Packer Report said the other day that, that every day the Packers don't cut Jimmy Graham and they can is a day that, that makes him nervous. They don't, they don't need to worry about it until OTAs. So if they don't find somebody in, in the draft that they feel good about, look, they could pay Jimmy Graham. If they, don't, if they don't find somebody to spend the money on, they could just keep him and, and feel comfortable about it. They seem to feel a different type of way about Jimmy Graham than, than the fans do. And, and I think that's something that we have to make mention of in this kind of situation. Uh, the, the other options... At that and at that spot are not great. I don't I don't have a problem with that tight end pick because the Packers need multiples. They need multiple players at tight end because they want to play with two tight ends. Now, if you feel like Jay Sternberger and and Mercedes Lewis are good enough as a combo, and and I do, but maybe they don't. Maybe they want to get another young player in there because they are moving on from Jimmy Graham. Then a tight end in the second round or early doesn't have to be second. Could be third. Could be fourth round. Remember, the, the draft is really three and a half rounds, four rounds. And after that, you're, you're lottery tickets. So, so far, no linebacker and no receiver. That right there is already going to upset Packer fans because they feel like those are the two biggest needs for the Packers going into the offseason. And, and the tight end one in particular, I understand. I think in this situation, it's more about value. The, the receiver run was... Made and the Packers missed out in this iteration. Remember, this is just a simulation, and so you have to you have to go with the value on the board. They get a receiver in the third round, Brian Edwards, who is one of those guys that some of the advanced indicators really like the breakout age, the dominator rankings, those those kinds of numbers that are, are I like and are really indicative. He is someone who walked into the SEC at eighteen and is having an impact on the game and and putting up big numbers as a freshman. He is a 21-year-old senior, which is rare. Someone who's going to turn 22 as a rookie and still has four years of experience in the SEC, not playing with good quarterbacks. He is he is someone who we did not talk about on our receiver offseason report card series, but is an intriguing name for the Packers, if for no other reason than they, they care about things like age. They care about productivity in major conferences. And they've they've shown that pretty consistently. You look at at these guys, they they like Randall Cobb was young. Devontae Adams was young. Jordy Nelson played, he was not young per se, but played in the Big 12. Now they haven't used 
high capital on a lot of receivers. Yeah, okay, James Jones, San Jose State, Craig Jennings, Directional Michigan. He th- those those are a little bit different, but they they tend to like players with pedigree at the top of the draft. And so if they're going to use a high pick on a player, they like blue chip programs. They also like West Coast programs. So uh, I don't I don't know how that factors in here, but the 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 appeal of Brian Edwards is he is someone who can continue to get better. And when you come into the SEC at 18 and you're making impact plays, that says something about your physical talent, your ability, and it's the kind of player that Green Bay could like. Does it bother fans? Does it bother you that they wait until the third round to get a receiver? You're going to have to answer that one for yourself. It doesn't bother me in this scenario. Now, I don't love the tight end of the second, mostly because I don't love really any of these tight ends enough to really feel passionately about the Packers thinking it's a good idea to draft one. But the combination of Edwards and Jones, you know, if they'd made a slightly different pick in the second round, if there had been a linebacker there that they liked, let's say they take Akeem Davis-Gaither or, you know, Troy Dye, those are players in the second round you can you can feel better about. Then you get the, the receiver in Brian Edwards, and now all of a sudden you've got a draft class you can feel really good about. Let's not get bogged down in in which position gets picked where, but more about how good the players are and how they help this team moving forward, not just in year one, but in year two, year three, year four, and beyond. This episode is brought to you by Wise. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with Wise, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with Wise, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try Wise for free at wise.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, and we're going to do our off-season report card series with the linebackers. Very excited to get into conversations about free agent linebacker possibilities and linebacker draft prospects. I am not bullish on either class, but there are some players in each facet of the offseason that I think Green Bay could have interest in, that I think Green Bay would be wise to be interested in, and we're going to talk about their impact on this team, potentially Green Bay's possible interest, and what are the strategies for improving that position because the costs to, to retain someone like Blake Martinez or to add someone like Corey Littleton are going to be, in my opinion, prohibitive. But I don't want to spoil too much, so we're going to get to all of that 
tomorrow. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe. Go to iTunes. Go to Spotify. Go to Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Tell your Google Home to play Locked on Packers. Go into your... If you have a Google Home or even a Google Assistant, I have a Google Assistant, and you can go in and you can set preferences on the updates. In the morning, you can say, okay, Google, you can tell your Google Assistant, you say the command, which I won't say because it will set off your Google Home thing as it did for mine when I tried to record this the first time. And you can say good morning. And if you do that, it will give you a list of news. You can go into your app and add the Locked On Podcast Network, which means when there is important Packer news, you will get it right in the morning. You don't even have to ask for it. Google will give it to you because they're dope like that. So give that a try and let me know how you like it. I would love to hear from you about it. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.